Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel Extra, the show dedicated to bringing you exclusive Heart of Midlothian content. I am Laurie Dunsire and I'm delighted to introduce a special interview with a Jambo legend. In this episode, a former Tynecastle striker and cup winner speaks to Mark Donaldson about the famous 98 Scottish Cup win, which happened 22 years ago this weekend. Although this player was from the north of France, it would be in Scotland that he would make his biggest impact in football. A man who would write his name into maroon folklore and who still holds legend status to this day. Cultured, technically gifted and devilishly handsome. It is, of course, Stefan Adam. Stefan Adam. Now, Steph, we recently had the anniversary of, of the Cup win in, in 1998. Before we get into the preparation, the day of, the day after, let's start on the Monday prior to the Cup final. Um, you went down to Forest of Arden. Jim and Billy said some played golf just to relax. You trained for three days. Tell me what it was like going down because you wanted to get away from everything, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. He wanted us to to be on a quiet place, just focus on the game, be on our own to concentrate and uh, and focus on the game. Uh, it went uh, very well, to be honest. That's been, uh, I think, one of the key of the success also, because uh, these three days away from pressure, uh, very good quality on training, very, very high quality on training, to be honest during these three days. And you can you could feel the confidence into the squad. Um, to be honest, during during these three days we spoke about the tactic, we, we spoke about uh, how we, we were going to play. And uh, you could feel the confidence in the team between the players. So like uh, we were we were quite sure it was our day and we were going to win it. That's, that, that's what I remember from these three days. How could you be sure that you were going to win and it was going to be your day when you'd faced Rangers that season four times, only picked up one point and lost 13 goals? Yeah, yeah. Because when we went to to Ibrox the last time we played over there, we drew 2-2. Two, two. But we were one up. They came back one each. We were 2-1 up with a, a few minutes to go, and we put them under pressure that day. And um, maybe because of that game, and because uh, the, the, the year before, two years, maybe the year before, or two years before, they, they play a final against them and then beat Arnold. There was a kind of, from the guys who played that game previously, a kind of, uh, they wanted to, to erase these bad memories. And uh, we had a great season, we, we knew we were able to compete with them, and despite we didn't beat them in the league, we were pretty sure we could that, that could be the day. What was the difference in the tactics that changed it in Hearts' favour from the other games in the league that year? Yeah. What we tried during the season was to attack them, put them under pressure, try to press up the ball and, and compete with them in terms of, 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 of football. 
and we never beat them in that way. So Jamie and Billy decided to not to 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 sit uh, too deep into the pitch, but not to go too 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 much forward. Just wait, control them, and when we get the ball, try to to break and uh, and go forward rapidly. And what has been fantastic. This is what we. This is we. We get this penalty just from the kickoff. That's perfect when the the, the, the game starts, and uh, it was perfect for the tactic we adopt because being one up, that so 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 early in the game, and uh, they have to push up. So it's good for us. We control them, and then we try to break them. We know now, and we knew after watching it that it wasn't a penalty because the foul was outside the box. But we'll take it. We'll, we'll take it. Um, Colin Cameron hadn't played much around that time because he was struggling with the start of this this kind of groin pelvic injury. Now, he scored. You obviously had full confidence in him, I believe. Yes? Yes, of course, definitely. But Corina, Corina had a great season this season. He's been a, a, an important player. He missed, uh, he missed the, 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 the the end of the season because of the, the injury, but throughout the season he's been really, really uh, uh, very good, really good, and uh, he was a, a, an important uh, player for the, for the team. So and Scott, he's been very efficient on penalty shoot, uh, kick also, so no, no problem. Where were you in the pecking order for penalties if Colin hadn't have played? I think maybe I could have I could have taken it if Colin didn't play. Yeah, definitely. Because Fulton took a couple as well around that time. But I'm yeah. trying to recall how many penalties you took for Hearts and your success rate. Do you remember? I didn't kick any penalty for for Hearts. There you go. So you you never missed. <laughs> Before I never missed. I used to I kicked a lot in France for my previous clubs, but never for Hearts. So I I know we've kind of jumped forward. I want to just jump back to. We've had the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at training at yeah. Forest of Arden. How did your role differ in training? What were you working on personally? And what were, what were the rest of the team working on to provide you, who was going to be the lone striker against Rangers yeah. with the service? So we didn't, we didn't work on tactic. We spoke about the tactic, but we didn't work on the tactic. And uh, what happened during the week, we worked a lot of on, the, on a small-sided game, but very sharp, very quick to... To, to, to bring some pace and to, to, to maybe to, to prepare also the, the breaks. So going, going quickly forward and, and try to finish as quick as possible. So my focus was to, to be sharp. So, and, and of course, to be efficient in front of the goal because I knew that I would play on my own uh, against, uh, against Rangers for the third final. And I knew playing uh, against uh, a very strong Rangers team with great players, to be honest. I wouldn't get a, a lot of chances. So maybe I would get one or two in, in the 90 minutes. So my focus and my target was to be efficient in front of goal. So if I get a chance, try to, if I get one chance, try to be efficient with it and score. It was your first full season at the football club and it had it, been all right. It was... It's a good season. You'd settled in. You had big Gilles Rousset already at the football yeah. club. So so that was decent. So we've had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it's interesting you talk about not really working on tactics, but more on shape and and um, what to do when you don't have the ball. That's interesting. So Thursday, you're back up the road. Friday night, you go to Dunblane Hydro. So I take it there were no partners at Forest of Arden. Did you get to spend Friday night um, with partners at all at the Hydro? Or was it purely no sex? Just concentrate on the football. No, no, no. That was that was football. Only football. Because you play these kind of games once, two, three times in your career most of the time. It's a, it's a, something special. You play for a trophy. You play for... So that, that week, uh, my focus was only on the game. Maybe a little bit too much because I didn't sleep too well. <laughs> the night before, I was maybe thinking too much about it. That was the next question. How did you sleep? And did you sleep at all on a Friday night? I slept. I managed to sleep, but uh, not really well, to be honest. I woke up a few times during the, the night because, uh, in fact, I, I, I could feel the pressure. You could feel the pressure when it comes, you know, it's uh, 24 hours away from uh, 
from the game and uh it's 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 now it's now so i think i think maybe that put myself a little bit under pressure for the good in fact because i wanted to to be efficient and i wanted to to be good in that game so so yes i didn't sleep too well but uh doesn't matter i i, I was ready for for the game because it was a special game it was a cup final did you get a room to yourself or did you still um share with someone else no, I shared with Gilles. We we were together in the in the rooms, and uh, the good thing is Gilles um, played the previous final with us, and uh, he had this experience about that game. So we spoke a little bit about it, and uh, he told me that uh, it was it's been a difficult time for for the team and also for him because uh, he, he was involved for, for, in one of the goals and. Uh, and he said, uh, he said to me, uh, I've got a good feeling. I remember we spoke about it, and he said to me, I've got a good feeling for tomorrow. And we will erase what happened. Um, Were you able to feed off that, the fact that he was out to make amends? Because you mentioned the goal that he, con- I mean, he conceded five, but one in particular that he'll, he'll not want to see yeah. again. Were you able to feed off his energy, his positivity, that despite that adversity, he was still fully focused and believed that you were going to win this? Yeah, but we fight, in fact, we, we were very positive uh, together, him or me, because, in fact, I played already two cup finals before that one in France, and I won both of them. I, I won both of them. So I was that feeling that going into a, a, a final for me it was a, a trophy to come. You know, a winner spirit. And, uh, and Gilles played some finals also in his life before and he won them also so that one uh the previous one in 96 uh uh was a a difficult one for him but he was uh very positive regarding the fact that we had a great season the the, the spirit of the team the quality of the team we had it, it was quite positive also that uh that would be the day to tomorrow what were the good things about rooming with Gilles and what were the bad things about rooming with Gilles? And what do you think Monsieur Rousset would say the good things about rooming with Stéphane Adam were and the bad things about rooming with Stéphane Adam? <laughs> no, the good thing is we were quite, uh, we were quite to, together. We, we like to be, uh, to be on, um, on, 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 on easy, easy stuff, you know, just lying on the on the bed, quiet, really, uh, just talking. No, no, no. Maybe the the only things we would be. Uh, I think it was a little bit upset about it. Is because I used to smoke a little bit. Eh? I used to smoke my cigarette sometimes, so I used to go on the on the window to smoke a bit. <laughs> and maybe that uh, upset him a little bit. But now we had a very good and. Jim is a gentleman and uh, we had a very good understanding together. So we had a good time. We had a good time. I, I have this picture of the pair of you um, with your queen bed on one side and your queen bed on the other side and the, the kind of middle bit with a bottle of Chateau Neuf de Pape. So, and, and just enjoying enjoying life before games. Is that reality or not? No, it's not. It's not. We are very, very professional at the time. The only one, the only, the only time we we shared a bottle in the in the room was a few months later, that cup final, when France won the World Cup, and we were in a we were on the camp, pre-season camp in uh, in Dublin, and uh, Jim Jeffries, Billy, and some people from the staff, they came over just after the game with a bottle of champagne in a room, so we shared we shared a. A cup of champagne just after France uh, won the World Cup against Brazil. <laughs> what, what, a sum- what a summer that was, by the way, because you obviously had your birthday just before the cup final. You won the cup final. You celebrate, and then you've you've got the you've got the the France team winning winning the World Cup as well. Summers don't get much better than that. Yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic. So first trophy without um, and the experience. Uh, all this happened, and then a month, a month and a half later, or two months later, France won the World Cup. That was the first, the first World Cup for France, also. Yes, amazing, amazing, amazing summer, and, uh, and yeah, just great feeling. And when you, you you're French and you and you arrive in a 
in Scotland in a new club and you win something, mm. you give back something to the people who, who, who gave you uh, their confidence and then your country win the World Cup. You cannot expect better than this, my friend. I'm Scottish, I wouldn't know. What, what, unless it's curling, that's the only thing we seem to win World Cups in. Um, so we've had Forest of Arden, we've had Travelling Back, we've had Dunblane, we've had Ewan Gilles. Saturday morning, what happened prior to the game? Yeah, so we will wake up, uh, go for breakfast, and then uh, we go to, to walk a little bit together just uh, to open the legs and, uh, and go, uh, yeah, j- just uh, be together, be together and, uh, and walk to, to prepare for, for that afternoon. And then um, we, speak, uh, we speak a little bit about the game again with, uh, with everyone. With the staff and the, and then we go for for pretty much uh, pretty much meal and from that time yeah you you feel you feel that uh, again it, it, it's here now it's mm. here now you you focus focus on the on the game two things about team selection when was your team named and is it true that Jim and Billy had found a way of knowing the Rangers team in advance. I don't remember this, to be honest. I don't remember this. And what about Hearts team? When was it named? When did you know you were playing? Um, I think during the week we spoke already about that. If I remember well, I think we spoke about it uh, in England. So that I knew. So we knew about uh, like the third day in England when we spoke really much, uh, very much about the tactic. I think. Um, we knew on a Wednesday that uh, we start the game. I think that from listening to Jim and listening to Billy's interviews uh, about that day, that that sounds a bit right. That that was when the the, the team was named, but he didn't name the substitutes until later to keep everybody yeah. kind of it's, on it's their toes. I remember. Yeah. So you've had your walk around at Dunblane. You, you've headed to, to to Celtic Park. When you look back at that team, there were there were a lot of decent players in there, and you, you've mentioned you and Gilles had played in, in finals, and a few of the boys had played in '96 as well. So it wasn't like you yeah. you were going into a game with eleven inexperienced players, was it? No, I don't know. We were we were fully experienced. We have experience, you know. In fact, uh, I think the, that was the year because the balance was perfect. The balance was right. Experience from everyone playing cups before, even the foreign the foreign players. Huh? So all the Scottish players played that, most of them, 96 Cup, cup final. Thomas Flodon played in the final as well. Uh, Stefano Salvatore had experience from Italia also. Myself. So, yeah, the balance was perfect. The balance was perfect. And I said to you before, um, the season we had that, that year, it's been magic. We had uh, we played some really good quality football. We were very close to to win the league, and we knew with that team we were able to do something. We had the experience and the quality to do. How important was it to have characters in the squad? It's all right having really good players, but if they don't gel, and Lockie Lockie would make a noise anywhere because he's he's so passionate, and I know he wasn't playing, but he's still a big part. Of that squad and guys like Neil Poynton, who had his Cup final DVD. Did you ever watch it? Yeah, I've seen it quite uh, quite often. Eh? I received some. Yeah, because I seen it on YouTube. I have seen it on uh, on DVD also because uh, I think it's been sent to me once. And uh, and as I said to you, a lot of people I've, I'm connected with on on, the, on social media send me uh, plenty of. Before the game, I suppose it's it's going to be you're going to try and make it as normal as possible prior to kickoff. What do you remember about the bus journey to Hamden? Eh, so to Hamden, there you go. The bus to the bus journey to Hamden. You've taken the wrong turning. The bus journey to Celtic Park. What do you remember of that? And and everything that happened before the game is that fresh in your memory, or is is it something yeah, that? Yeah, it's quite fresh. It's quite fresh. We were there was not a lot of noise in the in, in the bus from the hotel to to Celtic Park. We we met a lot of hard supporters on the way on the way to the game, and uh, every time they they just waved us and uh, and uh, you, you could feel the energy 
from these people. They were looking forward to to a trophy also, so they gave us a lot of energy on, on, on the way. They cheered, they cheered up us, and um, yeah, and you remember Celtic was um, a part of the of the stand was on uh, on rebuilt, so uh, we went. Uh, we were the first one to come on the on the pitch also, and we spent a lot of time together uh, before yes on the pitch talking. Um, Laughing a little bit, but uh, very, you, you could feel the concentration anyway. Even if uh, we were trying to, to laugh a little bit and to, to avoid the pressure, but uh, we were very concentrated on the game already. So you go back in after you've had a look at the pitch and away to your left as you come out the tunnel at Celtic Park, that was still under construction. But the, yeah. good, th- the good thing about that day is when you came out the tunnel, um, for just before kickoff, all you could see was maroon and white because the Rangers fans were in the main stand and part behind the goal. So that must have been something that gave you full confidence as well. Yeah, when you you, you enter the, the pitch and you see your, all your fans in front of you, and the two story the two story stand, you see it's massive. You see you've got twenty thousand, twenty five thousand people ready to to support you and to push you forward to. To give you the energy to 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 work out and to to do to do well for the team, uh, yes, it's it's amazing and uh, especially when you come to the um, to the warm up and when you enter to for the presentation just before kickoff, you feel the energy coming from from that and then you see them when you enter the pitch. It's a, it's a it's a great feeling, fantastic feeling. It must have been difficult because back then I think there were only three subs and and Robbo was was one of them which was important yeah. for him. I know he didn't get on. Maybe a few years later, it could have been him or you or, or whatever. But how important was it that you guys, I know we're, we're jumping forward a little bit and I'll, I'll go back chronologically, but the fact that Robbo was among the subs was a big thing, wasn't it? It is, it is, because Robbo is a, is a fantastic uh, heartsman. You know, what he achieved in his career for this club is, is just amazing and he speaks for itself. Um, yeah, I thought it was important also because you know that Robo can sniff a goal with not uh, with nothing. And uh, if at a point we needed to inject fresh people able to to make a difference, Robo was the man to do. So um, it was important to feel. Yeah, of course, it was important to for us to to know that he was there, and uh, in case. Uh, the scenario of the game would be not in our advantage and we need to, 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 to score a goal, he was maybe able to do it. And, and speaking of kind of team selection, I think one of the biggest things that happened, not to Hearts, but to Rangers, was in a midweek game at Dundee United prior to that when George Alberts got sent off. The only thing that would have yep. kept him out the cup final wasn't a red card if it was two yellows, it was a sending off for violent conduct. And that's exactly what happened. So instead of Alberts, they had a lot of free kicks in the game. Amoruso thought, I'll take this. They were awful. Yes, yes. That was something also a, a, a plus and a bonus for us because Alberts is the man who collided in that game I spoke earlier on eh? when we were 2 1 up in, in the league and he scored a free kick um, with uh, two or three minutes to go. And of course, he, it's a. Uh, it's a weapon. It was a weapon for them to, if if it if it doesn't work well on the game, a free kick can make a difference with this guy. So it was a it was a good news for us, and uh, and the fact that Amoruso was on on in a good day that day um, helped us. A good day for Hearts, not on a good day for for Rangers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> You've, you've scored early. We've spoken about the goal. You've spoken about the confidence yeah. you had in, in Colin Cameron. What do you remember about the rest of the first half? Uh, a lot of runs without touching the ball for <laughs> me. <laughs> yes, uh, a lot of runs. Yeah, a lot of runs. And uh, the hard work. Because, uh, yeah, the game is... Uh, the pace is up. You, you try to find yourself some space to... To show for passing and um, and it's 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 difficult. It's difficult because, as I said to you, you know this is the kind of game you're not gonna you're not going to touch the ball quite a lot. You're going to run 
without the ball a lot, you, you will get a couple of chances maybe. So you have to do it. You have to do it to to stretch the team, to bring the, the defenders in different spaces, to try to fatigue them. And uh, and uh, and yes, the first half has been difficult. You have to you work a lot, and it's a little bit frustrating because you don't touch the ball too very much. But uh, it's part of it's part of the game, and it's part of also of the way to, when you play, you are alone up front. Eh? You have to to make this run to create spaces for others also. So frustrating, but um, but I was uh, I, I loved that. I loved that. I loved that to to run and and move. That was a a big part of my game also. So uh, frustrating, but happy to do it. I, w- I would suggest frustrating but expected because you knew that was going to be the case when you when you went exactly. to Forest of Arden. Yeah, that exactly. It was nothing exactly. new, but you when when you in in ninety seven ninety eight, as far as fitness is concerned, were you as fit as you'd ever been um, as a professional footballer? Because that's the kind of role you need to be as fit as possible to chase. Definitely, definitely. When you're on your own, you have to. You have to, to, to make some runs for, for your teammates to pass the ball, but you have also to press the, the defense. You have to, to challenge the two centre-back. And uh, it is a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough uh, job. But uh, yes, I, I was maybe at the peak of my career. When you're 20, 27, 28, 29, this is uh, certainly the peak of your career. So I felt, uh, I felt, uh, I felt well. I, I was good in my legs. 1-0 at half-time. 52nd minute, Gilles Rousset with the ball at his feet, clears it long. I'm going to give you a bit of commentary and you're going to finish the sentence and tell me what happened next. Amoruso lets it run. And it's Adam. Adam stole it and it's 2-0. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's this, eh? That, yeah, I mean, I'd rather you were able to say it. That's exactly kind of what happened, but you've simplified it a little bit. Talk to me about anticipating errors. Yeah. Talk to me about being able to benefit from mistakes and pressurizing Amoruso because he fancied himself as a footballer as well as a defender yeah. when he had time on the ball. So let's delve deeper into the clearance from Rousse. What are you thinking? What are you doing? And and then what what happened with the shot? Yeah, I think when uh, when Gilles, Gilles kicked the ball, and uh, there is a first uh, head challenge with Thomas Flogel and, uh, and it's maybe Bjorklund or, or Paulini. I don't remember exactly, but uh, they're going to challenge the ball on the on the air. And uh, I'm on the back of Amoruso at this time, and he, he cannot see me. And the ball, they, they both missed it. And the ball, the ball's bumped. And I can't see the way Amoruso is running. He's slow and he believes he's on his own. So I turned a little bit my run to stay on his back, you know. And when he, he, he at a point, he looked at Andy Gorham. And then when he looked at Andy Gorham, I moved inside, to, away from his, his eyes, and I just passed him up and chase the ball at this time because he, he cannot see me on that one. And then when, I've, when I chase the ball and then turn into the box, I know I've got a chance to, to shoot, but I have to do it quickly because the angle is quite, is quite uh, low and I don't have a, a, a fantastic angle to do it. So just chase the ball a couple of steps in position and I, I strike across because I know that's the, that's the way to, to do it in that angle. There is a lot of space in the ball and I see Gorham touch it, but I know it's going on the back of the net. And then what I remember from that point is the the energy and the noise coming from the, the heart stand. I've got a little bit of black hole at that time. I, I just I just remember this, you know, the, this feeling, this noise and this energy and the, the joys on people on people's faces. And uh, and I know at this point that uh, we put them uh, under a lot of pressure now. We, are, we have a chance to do it now. Was it the sweetest shot that you'd ever hit? Or was the fact that you've taken it early? I think if you'd hit it 
maybe you th- you would think it's the best shot you've hit, but from an angle behind the goal, you kept it low enough with power. Because if you'd hit that with a little bit more height, I think Gorham gets that. Definitely, definitely. You had to go low because uh, Gorham was on his feet and uh, quite quick to, to react. So, yeah, I had to, to put it low and uh, at least uh, make, it, make it dive and try to make it uh, as difficult as possible for him. One of us has scored the winning goal in a cup final. It's it's you. Everyone else listening to this will never know what it's like to score the winning goal in a, a cup final. I don't know at the time it was it put you 2-0 up, but ultimately it, it was the winning goal. Compare how you felt after scoring with any other feeling, the best other feeling you've ever had in your life. How did it compare? Maybe uh, the same level that uh, when my son was born or... It's the same, the same level of of of, uh, of joy and energy. It's uh, it's adrenaline all the way. You know, you feel when you play football, you you, you play because you you you're passionate. You love that game and you want to win trophies. You want to experience this uh, this adrenaline of of uh, to be a winner, to 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 to, to share this with people and that. And uh, it's it's uh, it's fantastic to be honest. It's a it's a great feeling. Yeah? And, uh, uh, something uh, when when you play football and you love that game and you are passionate about that game, you that's the kind of moment you want to to live and um, that's just amazing. The same level, yes, I think the same level as that. You could say the only bad thing about that was it was after fifty two minutes and not after seventy two minutes. There was still a long time left. How did you withstand the pressure? that you knew they were going to put you under? Mm. I think it, to score a second goal and uh, to be 2-0 two, two up, even with uh, 35 minutes to go, um, you feel strong. And uh, if you look at, 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 the, at the, the movie of the game, the film of the game, the, they try to put them uh, under pressure, but we managed to... To keep uh, to keep focused, we, we we defended very well that day until the end, and even later on when they scored, we, we, we never panicked. There was no panic. There was no. We, we, we just stay concentrated and uh, focused on the focused on the, on the game, and uh, and we even get a few more chances to 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 be free to score a third goal. Eh? It's funny because when I watched the game back in in full. You remember so many things about that day. I'd forgotten to a great extent about the headed chance that Thomas Flugel had. Yeah, that's a great chance, great, great chance. Eh? And I always said when I look back at the, when I look look back at this uh, this this action and uh, when Thomas hit the ball with the head, I said to myself, ah, if it's me, I score. Then I said to myself, Thomas, you get it ten times and you score ten times, my friend. And this, you missed this one, but Thomas was really good in the air. Mm-hmm. It was a good, a good in the air. And um, I'm pretty sure you, you give Thomas back this, this, this situation 10 times and he scored nine times out of 10. Let's, I know we're being selective. Let's, let's not lie. They had a few chances as well. David Weir had a wonderful tackle um, inside your box. Gilles Rousset, after McCoyst had come on, had... Had yeah. a super save, and, and you're right. They, they defended really well. There was a mixture of a, a ability and ability with experience that that really helped. I mean, Naismith's energy, David Weir, and Paul Ritchie, and Dave McPherson. That's a decent back four in front of a really good goalkeeper. Yeah, definitely strong defensively. This this uh this defensive line were very good. Experience it with Dave and David. Uh, even Paul, he was still young, but uh, but uh, already played in the '96, uh, if, if I remember well, yeah. and he, he had a few games. And Gary Naismith so was uh, the young man uh, into the this line, but uh, very uh, mature for a young player, very mature for a young player, and well coached by the other ones. So yeah, they were strong, and of course, when you've got in front of that, you've got Stefano Salvatore. We've got uh, uh, well, Stefano was really the balance between the between the, the defense and the, and and the, the, the midfield and the forwards. So he was the uh, the guy you 
were covered and allow Colin Cameron and Sylvie Fulton to go forward. But you go also Colin, who was a fantastic box-to-box midfield, going uh, very good defensively also. Both sides have had chances. They've had more of the ball. They've had probably better chances than Hearts, although Flogel's header. 78 minutes gone and a substitution. Hearts first one. And it's Jim Hamilton, Hart's only one as, as it happened. Jim Hamilton um, comes on for you. How much was left? Did you have anything left in the tank at all when you went off? I think I can go. I, 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 could, I, could, have, I could have finished the game, yeah. But um, I, I, I was on my own. I made a lot of, run, a lot of runs and there was 10 minutes to, to play. And then maybe Jim and Billy wanted to, to bring... Uh, to bring um, uh, Jim to maybe to keep the ball, challenge in the air, and be able also to defend at the end of the game in the air because he, they knew that uh, being a 2 nil up, Rangers will, will finish by long balls and put some pressure. So Jim was uh, fantastic in the air, and maybe that was the way they were looking for the end of the game. So three minutes after you went off, yeah. Ali McCoyst, who came on at halftime for Stoll Stensas, scored for Rangers with nine minutes remaining. You didn't have the view from on the pitch. What was the view of that goal like from the dugout? And how we, how was everyone feeling? How was Jim, Billy, um, Bert and Peter and everyone feeling after that? Uh, I cannot tell you, Mark, because uh, I, I'm not sure you don't know the story, but uh, the, straight away from me coming out of the pitch, I went into the dressing room. I didn't want to see the, the end of the game. So I left the dugout and I just came uh, into the, the tunnel and into the corridor. And I just wait outside the dressing room with uh, some of the boys, Gary Locke and uh, Nate Boynton. I haven't seen the last 10 minutes of the game. I just seen it on the, on the video after the game. Wow. <laughs> Why? Just nerves? Yeah. No, because when you come out, uh, you come out, you, you, not, you cannot influence the game anymore. So you just... Just a spectator, and I did. And of course, as I said to you, uh, they came back. They came back uh, 2-2 a few a few weeks later, early on. And uh, yeah, to me, uh, when I came out, to me, but uh, they put uh, they put us under pressure. So I didn't want I didn't want to see the end of the game. I just wanted to be concentrated away, you know, away from the game. Just. Uh, I don't know, it's difficult. Maybe the pressure, yeah. I didn't want to see the, the end of the game. This was a final that was a tale of two penalties. The penalty that Hearts got was early and it was outside the box, but we'll take it because he fell into the box. There, I don't know if you know this story. I assume you do, but I'll tell you anyway. Willie Young, the referee, has confirmed that they, him and his assistants, had agreed before the game that if there was a decision to be made that was close to either being in the box or not being in the box as far as the the line across is concerned not where Fulton was fouled earlier that was at the side so that was given by the referee so what Willie Young confirmed and Jim Jeffrey said this in an interview this weekend with the newspapers that Willie Young said he thought he was going to give it but they had agreed if there was anything that they weren't sure about, he would look to his linesman. And if the linesman had gone to the corner flag, that would indicate a penalty. If the linesman stayed put, that would indicate a free kick. Now, while Willie Young thought initially it might be a penalty kick for Rangers, he has confirmed that he did look to his assistant for guidance as to where exactly the foul was. And the assistant thought it was just outside the box. That's why it was a free kick. And had they not had that in play, Willie Young said he would have given a penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so, because it's very close, very, very close. And uh, it's maybe uh, just outside, uh, straight on the line when you see, the, you see the, the record of the game. So, yeah, to win also, sometimes you need a little bit of luck and a, uh, a little bit of uh, decisions from, from destiny, you know, and maybe it's part of it, and that day was, was all day. To be honest, when I look at the at the penalty from Stevie, everybody says outside. It's really, really close. Oh, it is. Right? Of course, it's, of maybe, course. it's maybe straight on the line also. So, you know, 
it's happened in football that uh, you have to make a decision in a, in, in a few few seconds and sometimes things going very quickly it's been uh, in in all ways that day so let's take it yeah their free kick no penalty the free kick wasn't scored Back yeah. then, we didn't have a fourth official or a board indicating how many minutes added time to be played. And that was probably the longest added time I or any other Hearts fan or players or manager has, has ever felt. But the final whistle's gone. Then what happens? Yeah, so I, I was uh, just on the end, at entrance of, uh, of the, the dressing room just before the tunnel to go on the pitch. So the, the steward let me go because uh, I asked him, I said, okay, the game is over, we won, let me go for celebrating uh, with my friend, you know. So he let me go and I crossed um, Alain Ray, the physio, I, I crossed Alain Ray, the physio in the channel, and he jumped in my arms and he said, hey, Frenchie, you got the key, my friend. I said, yes, I got, I got the key. <laughs> then I thought, just, uh, and uh, you can see on his face that uh, Something happened, you know, he's, he's very emotional also because he's been part of the club for so long and uh, he, he witnessed uh, all these finals before all these, these years without trophies. So uh, you can see that. And when I come on the pitch and I see everybody jumping up and down, I see the, the supporters uh, singing, screaming, crying. You realize that something happened. You realize that... Uh, that's it. We are winners, and uh, we're going to experience a fantastic night, my friend. Well, two things about what you've just said. One, Alan Ray didn't show emotion very often. No. Did he? He was he no, was a, no. he was a guy no, who no. kept himself to himself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, that day he was he was uh, emotional in terms of crying or or but he, you you could see on the, on his face that. Uh, he was, uh, he was happy. He was very happy. And the second thing is, you seem to have a lot of a lot more of an easier time to get past the steward and onto the pitch than Gary Locke did. Yeah. He let me go because uh, I, I was part of it and I played in the game, but it took a long time before he allowed them to, to come on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite frustrating. A feeling like you'd probably never experienced before in your first season with Hearts. It's, it's like it was a three or four part story, this one, because that was the main part. But then what happened next that weekend? We'll get to the Sunday in a minute, but the Saturday night, what happened once... Well, let, let's start with the trophy presentation um, and the decision by Steve Fulton to let Lockie go up with him. Nice touch. Yeah, it is. It is, of course. Like Gary, uh, Gary wasn't part of the game because of injuries. But he's, he, he was the captain for, for most of the season. And, uh, yeah, this, 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 uh, this image shows you uh, how good the team spirit was in this, in this, in this club and in this team at, at the time. And uh, the, the team spirit was all, is also a, a big part of our success. Like I said to you, experienced players, good players, quality, but also uh, main quality values and uh, great 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 guys great people so the, this uh this moment show you uh how much we were well together one thing i'm it's never really asked at post-match but i'm, I'm gonna ask it now sod it players playing find it hard when it comes to like drugs test or anything like that to produce urine because you've you've run around for for so long therefore if you've had alcohol when you've not had much food in your body or anything like that, surely you can get drunk a little bit quicker. So how many, including <laughs> yourself, by the time you got onto that bus at Celtic Park, having had champagne, having had sponsors, tenants, lager, how many people were drunk as you uh, got on the bus? Not really drunk, but few of them were dizzy, yeah, to be honest, <laughs> eh? because you, you didn't have too much food between the, the end of the game and the, the, the moment you come up at the bus to, to go back in, in Embora. So, yeah, we had a couple of champagnes and uh, a couple of beers also in the, in the jacuzzi into the, the dressing room. Uh, yeah, you just feel a little bit dizzy, but nobody was really drunk, to be honest. Uh, not yet. It was uh, not yet, yeah. 
You mentioned the bus ride to Celtic Park from um, the hotel. It was pretty yeah. quiet. It must have been the opposite going back. Uh, in fact, you know, it, it, it's quite funny because I wasn't also in the bus when we came back. I came back with uh, with my family, so some of them my family, because I had to pick up somebody at the airport. And uh, yeah, so what happened is I, I drove. So the guys came back with the bus and I came back and I picked up somebody at the airport and then I went back to Tyne Castle. So after, I mean, I've known you since you joined Hearts, I never once read or heard from you that you were not on the bus on the way back. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. Wow. That's that's I a surprise. Yeah. So you, you don't know what it was like reaching the fire station just coming off the bypass. You don't know what it was like going along Gorgie Road. You were on the bus on the Sunday, but what did the boys yeah. tell you about the bus ride back from Glasgow on the Saturday. Uh, uh, they, they told me that it was wild. It was absolutely wild and uh, and fantastic experience. It was a fantastic experience. I spoke to Gilles after on uh, some of the players and uh, yeah, they told me the the reception they they did get from uh, from the the people in the streets when they just entered Edinburgh. The, the fire the firemen. With uh, all the, the truck outside and clapping in the air. These the scenes I've seen on the near point on videos. But uh, yeah, and the, the crowd into Gorgi Road when the, they just enter Gorgi Road and, the, and then uh, all this crowd and people were just uh, uh, throwing some champagne and beer on the bus and screaming, singing. Uh, fantastic. It's just fantastic. At this point, you realize. You realize uh, how important it was to win to win that trophy and to to end uh, nearly 40 years of of, uh, of misery and uh, and frustration. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, it's fantastic. 42 years since 1956 when they beat Celtic yeah. 3-1. So, how much do you remember of the Saturday night? If you were <laughs> if you said that some some boys were dizzy um, before you got on the bus. I've got a story for you just after the... So, what happened is uh, I went to I went to, to the airport, pick up uh, the people, went back home, left the car and we took a cab to go back to Tyne Castle. And uh, the taxi driver drove right into Diary Road and Gorgi Road, wanted to go by that way. Impossible <laughs> to drive through. It was packed of people. And then... People start to lose the cab, push the cab. So, so the, the, my wife and uh, and uh, and the, my friends were scary. Were scared. They were just, uh, it was scary. They were all scared because the, the car was moving up and down, and the, the taxi driver just was shouting for Volvo, to be honest. <laughs> and one of the people outside opened the door. I don't know what happened, but the, the, the door opened, and he recognized me. So he screams, shit, Stefan Adam in the taxi. <laughs> and then the crowd is coming. There are plenty of people coming. Just uh, come on, big man, come for a beer and something with us. And so what a laugh, what a great laugh. So I said to the taxi driver, you better to, to turn around and go back by McDonald Road and just make the, uh, the, big, the big town around eh, to go to Tyne Castle. So we got that way. And uh, he dropped us to the stadium but fantastic that, that reminds me it's a great story and it reminds me a little bit of when Jim Jeffries was out getting some paracetamol on the Sunday morning at Boots or whatever on Princess Street yeah. and uh, he walked by a guy who didn't really raise his, his head up and uh, it, it, Jim said do you have a good night pal because he knew he was a Hearts fan he had a maroon scarf on he goes God bless that Jim Jeffries. And then he looked up as Jim walked away and he kind of looked back as if to say, no, it couldn't have been. I can just imagine being on Saturday night on Gorgie Road or Dalry Road or, or wherever and you open the door to a taxi and then there's Stefana Dam. Yeah, oh, it was fantastic. Fantastic. The taxi driver was, uh, was scared. He was scared. He said, what? I think this is, he was a guy, not a football guy. He did a lot of football, to be honest. 
So I think he was a, a little bit uh, scared by the crowd and the, and the people and the, didn't realize that he would turn like this, you know. So it was quite funny. How was the Gorgi suite on the Saturday night? Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, when I arrived at Castle, there was still a lot of people next to the to the Gorgi suite. Uh, so yes, it was fantastic to share this moment with the, the supporters. And uh, you feel like uh, it's a uh, it's like having teenagers going out for the first time. You know, it was uh, this kind of uh, this kind of uh, of evening. A lot of drinks, of course, but uh, a lot of joy and a lot of uh, emotions. Plenty of pictures, singing together, just uh, happy to be together. Fantastic memory. Anybody who drinks would clearly have been drunk. I don't know how much sleep was gotten on the Saturday to Sunday. Did you get much sleep? Not really, to be honest. I think uh, we went back home uh, by 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, we had to be back at Tyne Castle at around 11 o'clock or something, I think, just before 12, uh, yeah, the day after. So didn't sleep too much. I had to take some paracetamol also, just to be <laughs> to be a little bit fresh. And, uh, and yeah, another long day to go on the Sunday. Yeah? And, uh, Fantastic memories also from that day. I was watching footage of John Robertson being interviewed outside the city chambers and uh, Stefan Adam walks by wearing this, uh, uh, I don't know how I would describe it, it's a white kind of long suit jacket. Very smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah because I was too drunk the day before, so I didn't realize you had to, be, to put the, the, the track suit on me. So I just came on like that way, you know, I said, oh, fuck. I, I, I did wrong. <laughs> yeah, okay, no problem. I don't think I don't think anybody bothered or, or sent you home. What 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 was that like? I was broadcasting on the back of the bus, up the up the top, right at the back, into Radio Fourth. That that that's one of the highlights of my life. And and I've I can I'm I'm not talented. I, I'm not a footballer. I I can't. That's as close as I'll ever come to feeling what that was like. What was it like from a player's perspective? And they were all there to see you guys having create history. How are you feeling when you go through the streets of Edinburgh? Uh, it's amazing. That's something I will never forget. You know, you, you, you think there was maybe about 200,000 people in the streets. And you see this, uh, this sea of people, maroon and white, uh, scarves and flags and, and talk and just... just uh, I don't know. It's 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 it, it, it's amazing. I, you know, I I won I won the league cup in France two years before that, and it was a, a fantastic uh, a fantastic experience. But I never experienced that passion, and you see these people coming out. Uh, lucky, uh, it was a, a lovely sunny Sunday, but uh, so many people outside just to share the team and uh, and. Uh, and celebrate and, uh, and and just be together, connected together. That's something I will never forget, man. That's uh, unforgettable. There was a story um, around that. It was a probably probably it was a year after, and uh, the story was that there were a lot of well, not a lot. There were several newborn babies nine months after the cup final called Stefan. Were you aware of yeah. that? Yes, I received uh, some messages about this. Even even now, I speak with a, a guy who's called, who's called uh, Adam Adam Kennedy, and uh, he was born a, little, uh, a few weeks after the cup final. And his dad uh, is, a, is a mad jumble, and he called uh, he called uh, he called uh, this guy uh, Adam because uh, because of, of me. Yeah. So we speak we speak on Facebook together sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yes, I, I know, I know. You realize how important it was when you, you listen to this kind of uh, of stories. You, you realize uh, how important it was to, to win the trophy and how important to score that goal. And this isn't yeah. something we're talking about that happened a few years ago. This is something that that, that happened 22 years ago. And it, we're still talking about it. You just need to go on your social media to see what the club still means to you. Not just cup finals, but... Everything that's going on right now with the SPFL and relegation, um, you're yeah. still very passionate about that football club, aren't you? I am. I am. I always be. Uh, I, I will always. Uh, I will always be uh, uh, a supporter of the club. Now, you know, I create. Uh, I create a connection 
I created a connection with this club. You know, that's, uh, I spent five years, five years uh, in Edinburgh playing for Hearts. We shared a lot of things. I've got a lot of friends in, in Scotland and uh, I come back uh, as often as possible. Scotland is part, Scotland and Hearts are part of my life now. Uh, it, it will be like this for the rest of it. Uh, you create this, uh, this connection, you, you, you create this passion together. We, we fought together and we won something together. And, uh, and yeah, that's something you will never be break, you know, it, part it, of my life. It truly is an old alliance. Yes, exactly. The old alliance, friends, friends and Scotland, uh, friends and hearts. Yeah, it's part of my life. It's part of my life. I, I support the club. I, I always, uh, it's been nearly 20 years since I, I left the club, you know, in, uh, in 2002. Spent five years, and uh, up to these days, I still uh, watching games when I can. I stream so when when Hearts played, and I can see the game on the on the internet. I, I watch it. Uh, I, 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 take, I, I make myself aware of what's happening on social media. Yeah, support the club, and uh, I will support the club for the rest of my life. Yeah. Final question: Can you please sum up that weekend? in May 1998 for us? Certainly the best day of my uh, football career. Definitely the best day of my football career. And um, the sentiment of, uh, of pride uh, I've got by uh, giving back something to a, a football club that gave me the chance to play uh, my football for them. That was the, the, main, the, main, uh, the main feeling. I was so happy to give back something. To these people uh, who brought me uh, brought me there in Edinburgh and uh, at Hearts and uh, support me from day one to 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 settle up to, to settle them properly. So yeah. Merci mon ami. Merci à toi Marc. <laughs>
and Stefan Adam seals the points for Hearts. Careful to keep himself on side.